101.9 Hi FM. 101.9 Hi FM. 101.9 Hi FM. FM. Hi 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 FM. On this Monday morning, and chilling it is. Uh, definitely feel like uh, we are getting the first blushes of winter as it uh, rolls across the high felt. So that's nice, unless of course you have to get out of bed on a Monday morning, in which case it's less than nice. Uh, but it doesn't matter, we're going to warm you up on the program today. All sorts of things bouncing around in the Jewish world, and we're looking forward to be chatting about them. Uh, later on, we're going to be talking about what's coming up in the next few weeks in terms of the regional politics of Israel. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are some serious issues. Uh, Prime Minister Avigdor Lieberman talking about the costs that people are going to pay for the embassy and the Iranian threat and Gaza. So we'll chat a little bit about that. Also going to be looking at why Israeli IDF cadets are singing Persian love songs and also find out what Ali Barber's Jackamar thinks of Tel Aviv University. So that is all to come, and it's going to be super interesting. Uh, I, I assure you, we don't do boring on this show. But uh, yeah, if you want to be part of the conversation, by all means, 34519, that's the SMS line. Uh, you can happily hunt us down on that. Uh, email us on chaifm.com, tweet us at chaifm, WhatsApp us 061895. 1019. That is uh, all that uh, you can do if you want to chat with your fellow Jew. And uh, yeah, that is that. Is that. Uh, we're going to be taking a short break just in a moment. But after that, we're going to be d- talking to our first guest. Uh, he is Josh Apfel, and he's a counselor uh, in the Berea Hillbrow area. Remember Berea Hillbrow? Um, and uh, we're going to be finding out. Uh, I want to talk about Jews in politics. Uh, Jews and Tikkun Olam, and uh, and the Israel issue, which obviously gets a lot of play in the in the politics at the moment. So we're going to be doing that. Uh, but first, we're going to have a short break. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is one hundred one point nine High FM. 101.9 Chai FM Benji Shulman here on the New Blue Review. And uh, we, are, we are chatting about all sorts of things today, particularly what's going on in Israel and around the world. But also I wanted to chat about um, you know, uh, Jews and politics. We might have an election this year. Uh, I'm hearing some chatter that uh, the election might be called as early as October Um could you believe that might happen? Uh, but, you know, at, at very least by April next year. And so the politics is going to heat up as if it ever cooled down in this place. And, and so I want to find out why Jews are sitting in it at the moment. And to help us out with that, we have Joshua Apfel. He is uh, a uh, PR counselor for Democratic Alliance. And uh, his constituency is in Berea. And Yovel, Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on 101.9 High FM. Thanks, Benji. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming in. Uh, are there lots of Jews in your constituency still? Um, not really. There's probably like one shul left uh, in Yeovil. Right. It's the, the Torah Center. And then there's the odd odd person that hasn't uh, got the means to, to move out. So uh, so you, you have to deal with them uh, as well, I imagine? Not really. I mean... 
I mainly deal with uh, the DA, uh, the, our branch in, in Yeovil, the mm-hmm. local branch there, mm-hmm. and the odd resident or two that has a complaint. But I haven't received any complaints from any Jewish residents, which is quite a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You should have received one for every 10 people that there were there. Um, so, it, it, I mean, it's interesting. Just explain to people, because I often think people don't understand uh, what the different like councils are, because you get the... Um, uh, you get the ward councillor and you get the PR councillor and people might be asking themselves, how did you get elected to represent the people of Berea? Do they like, like, uh, uh, you know, is, is it a DA ward or not? Uh, and so maybe that will help people to understand. It's not a DA ward. Uh, the ANC were elected for that area and there's an, uh, consequently there's an ANC councillor for both Yeovil and Berea. Um, I am allocated to, uh, DA, uh, to Yeovil and Berea by the uh, by the DA okay so because because how it works with the city is that you get people who are allocated to places and then you get sort of floating people called PR councils and can go wherever so you've been correct. sort of given a, that place is that correct correct okay so that is uh, very very interesting and and what are the kinds of things that you uh, that you have to deal with when you when you are in that place I mean I think that a lot of people listening to this might have grown up in those areas or now kind of drive through as fast as I can. Uh, what What is the kind of things that you're seeing there? So at the moment, uh, I'm on the crusade against uh, shabines or taverns that operate within residential areas. Mm-hmm. Um, while these shabines and taverns have liquor, li- uh, liquor license, albeit by uh, illegal methods, um, they they are they have liquor licenses, but at the end of the day, they cause uh, cause a disturbance to residents with loud music. Um, sometimes it also serves as as a front for drugs and prostitution. Um, the other thing is uh, the hot topic at the moment, especially with the mayor, is uh, building hijackings. Mm-hmm. So there are lots, there are quite a few uh, there are a number of buildings in Yeovil and Berea. Uh, which are under investigation. Okay, and I know that the mayor takes those sorts of things seriously. Uh, so what kind of stuff do you do for hijack buildings? Well, the main job of a, of a councillor is, is to raise it with the relevant officials at the municipality, at the city of Johannesburg, and make sure that they, they don't sit sit on it and that they investigate it and at the end of the day take action against uh, against these building hijackers, um, also with regards to the taverns, we we I put pressure on the JMPD, uh, Metro Police, uh, and various authorities to to act on them and to close them down. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. So let's talk about the Jewish angle a little bit for a second uh, and find out what uh, how that works. So how many Jew? I think we have like two. And a half, three Jews in the parliament, uh, and one or two in the in the in the in the province, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Uh, how many Jews do we have in the in the council? Uh, three, three or four Jews in the council. Three or four Jews. Yeah, not not so many, but uh, we certainly pull our weight and make our presence known. And they and they're mostly in the DA or all in the DA. All in the DA. Okay, so there's not in any of the other parties. Uh, I, I also found this interesting. Apparently, when you go to council meetings, they actually give you uh, f- a kosher food if you wanted. 
That's correct, and uh, more often than not, it's better than the non-kosher food. <laughs> so, so does everybody else then line up and go and try and chomp on the kosher food? Yeah, that's that's quite a problem actually. <laughs> <laughs> that you don't get to eat because everybody is keen on the kosher food. So, exactly. yeah, the next time you want to complain about uh, kosher food, maybe you should go channel down to the council um, and and do that. Uh, I want to ask you. I mean, is it is there something particularly Jewish about? Big in politics, uh, you know, we, we hear all about Tikkun Olam, Jews getting involved, not just being doctors, lawyers, and accountants. Is that, is that something that you find that uh, people are, are particularly receptive to the fact that you're there or, or interested in the fact that you're there? It's the, Tikkun Olam is definitely a, a motivating factor um, to get involved and to continue to be involved. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the councillors... Especially the ones on the ANC and the other parties haven't had uh, haven't encountered a Jewish person in life, so they're they're always they're always interested to ask questions about different aspects of religion, and for me as well, I I enjoy asking other counselors who believe in different religions more about their religion. So it's very very interfaith, you know, interesting from that perspective. What kind of questions? Uh, what kind of stuff are people interested in? Especially with regards to uh, Kashrut, mm-hmm. um, the Jewish holidays, uh, Shabbat, um, and different different laws, uh, prayers, different laws that we have. So, so there's interest uh, from there. Do, do you ever encounter any hostility? Well, not as far as being Jewish is concerned, but uh, definitely uh, from from an Israel perspective. Although one might equate those two. Mm-hmm. Um, the the FF and ANC are, are, are def- definitely make uh, comments on the side in in council about uh, Zionism and not entering into, entering into con- any contracts with Israeli entities. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, so you get the the odd remark in in council. The the councillor, the one or two Israel um, ANC and EFF councillors were Palestinian scarfs. Not, not really as an expression of their of their faith, but you know, to prove a point, basically. So that that can be uh, that can be something of a problem. Um, on the tikkun olam aspect, you often are going sort of all around uh, and, and going to different parts of the city. I'm assuming uh, to see what's what's going on. Uh, c- can you tell us how those visits go? How are you received? What kind of things do you see? We received very well. Uh, at the end of the day, people are uh, a lot of uh, residents are apathetic, and they ask why we should vote for the DA, and, and, and they ask, you know, what what difference are we going to make? What changes are we going to make? Um, they are frustrated, especially in the informal settlements with the ANC and the lack of service delivery. I visited uh, last last month. I visited Carlfontaine, which is out near Madran, Tembisa. Uh, and you know, one sees the the normal things one sees in informal settlements, but a lot of frustration with the uh, with the ANC, the lack of service delivery. And and, and uh, yeah, I, I can imagine that there is a, a lot of frustration. I'd love to hear what it's like to actually be going into those places and and seeing and seeing those issues. We're going to take a short break and we come back with speaking to Josh Apple again about Jews in politics. The best part of your day. Part of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. Hi FM. 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Benji Shulman and this is the New Blue Review. We are talking about 
Jews in Politics today, Tikkun Olam, How Do You Make a Difference? Uh, and Josh Apfel is in the studio. He is a counselor in Johannesburg. Josh, you were saying just before the break uh, about about visiting these sorts of informal settlements. I mean, do people still not have water, electricity? Is that still a huge issue? People do have water and electricity. That's not, that's not the problem. Uh, big issues with jobs. People are, are frustrated about um, lack of jobs, uh, other forms of service delivery such as uh, waste, waste removal. Uh, there are a lot of, there's a lot of illegal dumping happening in these, uh, in, in these areas. Um, there's also the big issue also is about housing. There's a, there's a big, big backlog uh, of housing for, for residents of, of Johannesburg. Um, yeah, so basically jobs and houses, big, big issues. Really, and, uh, and, and, you know, the, the TA has been in, uh, council, the mayor, uh, for, for some time. Uh, what is, uh, you know, what is people's feeling about the fact that there is a new mayor and, uh, that, uh, you know, he's, um, uh, he, he, what he's doing for the city? So people are op- optimistic. People are optimistic, but the mayor is not going to change things overnight. Uh, there was an article this morning on, on City Press that with, with the backlog, uh, in the budgets, in the lack of budget rather, you know, things are things are going to take a while to to change so it's not going to change overnight and you know the mayor needs the city of johannesburg needs time right right uh if you by the way if you want to ask any questions uh, about the city about the, the council perhaps you live in berea uh, and you're listening to us and uh, there's something you want to know uh please uh, feel free 34519 that's the sms line on air that's email uh you can tweet us at chaifem or, uh, yeah, WhatsApp us 0618951019. You can ask uh, any questions you like, uh, about, uh, about the city, about our city that we live in, uh, and, and some of uh, the issues that are going. Uh, Josh, I think a lot of people, and it's not your area, I know, but, uh, you know, they, they're interested in also what's going on around here. Uh, the Rea Vire on Louis Buerta Avenue, uh, is, is a big issue. The Doll's House, uh, you know, people are concerned about some of the things going on in Huddle Park. Do you have any more information about where the city is going, what some of these programs are? So, uh, as far as the Rea Vire is concerned, I, I sit on the Transports Oversight Committee, so I, I know quite a, quite a lot of what's going on there. Mm-hmm. That, that project obviously hasn't been completed yet. Uh, the buses, as far as I know, have not been purchased by the city, so that still needs to come. So it, it's still a while uh, before the project is actually, you know, at implementation phase. As far as the uh, the Dolls House is concerned, and and all all the all the areas joining Libuerta, it's been earmarked for high density high density living. It's part of the Corridors of Freedom project. So, so explain to us a little bit about what they're going to do. What is it that they want to achieve with these Corridors of Freedom? What, what is the vision for what the place will look like? So it's, it's basically to have low-cost low housing uh, and flats adjoining, adjoining Louis Buerta. And, and you can see if you drive along uh, the, you know, the developments that are, that are going up there. So the aim is to have the, the you know uh, high co- uh, high density living there, uh, and and for people to you know for for the areas of you know Sand Santon and 
and the city to be, you know, to be connected. Is it going to be proper low-cost housing like we see with the RDP and, and that sort of thing? Or is it more like one level up where it's uh, – uh, what's the, there's another term that they use for it. Not working class housing. I, I forget the term. Maybe is, middle. Is middle income housing kind of thing. Is, is it more like that or is it proper what people might know as RDP houses? It's, well, first of all, it's, it's not houses, it's flats. Flats, flats. right. Okay. Um, and some of those I think have gone up already. Uh, I've seen definitely, if you drive on Lubota, like things. Uh, new buildings that are clearly more like housing related. I don't think it's as high density as as what you're suggesting, but there does seem to be some changes. Yes, that's uh, these flats, blocks of flats are going up along along New Britain. Uh As far as far as I know, it it is uh, low, lower to middle income uh, uh, properties mm-hmm. that, are, that are being developed there. And what about things like taxis that are going along in Louis Boerta? Because that you know that that's a concern. Once you cut down the road to one lane, there then the buses can go. But if the taxis are stopping like they do already in Louis Boerta, and I know that they've had uh, things that they've had to deal with in town, is, is there a plan in place to also deal with those sorts of aspects? Yeah, well, that that's, that is the that that moves on to enforcement now of the of traffic rules, and that's. Goes to JMPD, and we all know, you know, uh, well, a little bit, a little bit slack right. in, in that. Uh, the the taxi industry does have buy-in uh, at uh, with the Ravi. It's a sit, it's a partnership between the city and the taxi industry. Okay. Uh, so it, it, there are a, a lot of members of the taxi industry who are going to be employed in the, in the Ravi project. Okay. So, so in other words, you'll be sort of taking taxis off the road a little bit by making them into bus drivers and, and that sort of thing. Okay, so that also helps to reduce uh, the amount of uh, amount of traffic on that. So uh, how, how, what is actually the time zone in, in terms of Lubota and, and, and how long they want the Revaya to continue for? So I think we're looking at next year uh, as far as the implementation is, co- is concerned. So the Revire is within a year, and these blocks of flats, and that's something that you're talking about. How how long how long is that? That are that are not aware of. But it's a, a fairly long period, well, I'm sure. Well, actually, actually, I mean, by, by the looks of those developments, it looks like it's coming on pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised again if next year, you know, people are actually living uh, along these places. And and have you had sort of concerns being raised from the residents, uh, issues with them? You know, there are lots of suburbs that are jut onto uh, onto Lueberta. Are, are people worried about uh, what might happen to their property prices uh, with the new bus stations and getting onto the roads? Because there's a completely different urban dynamic that I think will be introduced uh, as well. Correct. I mean, I haven't myself had any complaints and issues about that. I'm sure the the, the councillors who who are, ch- are in charge of those areas may have, but uh, there are definite there are definitely uh, definite concerns concerns about that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, okay, so that is uh, that's that's quite interesting. I think the the Louis Boerter, the Louis Boerter issue. Obviously, it's a road which everybody has to use and. Probably nobody's favorite, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so hopefully, it, it does help to sort of make it more of a, a more of a livable and uh, an, an interesting place. Uh, wh- what about council, right? You know, we often watch Parliament and people screaming, "Pay back the money!" and all this kind of thing. Does does the council operate in a similar issue? Do people get up and do speeches? Uh, how does that work? Definitely, uh, council is pretty much a circus. Uh, 
the it's often been called it's it's the theater of politics it's the theater in politics mm-hmm. so there's a lot of uh play play acting and uh uh politicking in council especially and also r- race as well unfortunately comes up quite a lot especially uh black black against against white mm-hmm. um that that does play quite a quite an important it's quite an important dynamic in council, and especially with the, we're in an era of coalition uh, politics, so so race the race card is played often quite often in fact. I mean I think people are sort of quite concerned about the coalition. There was an an, an attempt to upend the DA in. Uh, in Nelson Mandela Metro in, in, in the Eastern Cape. Uh, it, you, you guys you sort of have a half coalition, I guess, with the EFF because uh, they vote with you on some stuff. Correct. So, uh, you know, how, how does that work, uh, having to deal with a party that basically doesn't believe in anything that, that you guys believe in? So with, they, are, they, are, they do vote with us uh, on quite a number of aspects, especially when it comes to removing corrupt officials, which uh, – which matters often come to council, mm-hmm. so that they'll very much vote with us on those aspects. Uh, with regards to the budget, which is coming up at the end of end of May, uh, the mayor does have to consult with the EFF, you know, to get their buy-in, uh, and especially that means allocating the bulk of uh, of capital to to informal informal areas. Uh, so. The mayor does have to take into account the EFF and he has to get their consent uh, to the budget before before it actually comes to council. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, talking of, of that and budgets and where things are allocated, a lot of people, uh, you know, we spoke about Louis Boiter, there have been some complaints about the roads. I think that there have been some improvements definitely in the roads, uh, but a lot of people very upset where they say, you know, there's still too many potholes, still too much uh, you know, water flowing out onto the roads. Uh, you're on that committee that deals with the infrastructure. W- yeah. What is your view about uh, how to get things working in terms of that part of the city? So there's two aspects that we need to consider. The first is budget budgetary constraints. Uh, the uh, the mayor came out with an article that uh, the, the 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 budget the backlog has increased from five billion. To ten billion in as far as roads roads is concerned, so it's a huge, huge challenge. The other aspect is, uh, and that's th- this follows from the lack of budget is the lack of staff that J- JRA has to to actually to repair repair these potholes. I mean, there's eight hundred unfunded vacancies at at JRA. Mm-hmm. Unfunded meaning that they can't fill them because they don't have the budget. To. So it is a big it is a big problem, but you know we have and we have to make do with what with what we have. So what are the plans in order to get the roads working, and particularly the traffic lights? Like I don't understand how we can send a man to the moon, but we can't make a traffic light that works in the rain. Yes. So again, the the traf- traffic lights are you know it, it, the problems with traffic lights is is the lack of the lack of. Uh, Spending that the, the our previous government in the city, you know, uh, allocated towards uh, towards these things, and we're trying to put, we are, we're trying to play catch up now. But we the mayor had a plan has a plan with uh, the no joining policy, and that's something to do with those cables about not about not actually joining them, but actually replacing replacing entire cables. Okay. 
So there has actually has been an improvement with the with the traffic lights story. So so the so the, what is the main challenge? Is it people stealing cables out of the robots, or is it just like some sort of maintenance issue? It's uh, it is th- definitely theft, and it's ma- it's both it's theft and maintenance of those, especially and especially during the rainy season, which uh, has now passed. So we may experience less less outages in the coming months. One can only hope. Uh, Maybe just explain. You, you you say you sit on these committees and they and they do. Then could you just quickly explain how council works? I think you know people might be interested to know you know who's at the top, who's at the bottom. How do how, how does the decision making process work in general? So the mayor's got uh, a mayoral committee uh, that oversees these these portfolios. Uh, the administration in the city, you know your your. Your normal employee is the, is the one that's going to carry out uh, the functions of the city and, you know, attends to the roads and city parks, the grass cutting and, and that kind of thing. We as a committee, we, we're an oversight committee. We, we make sure we scrutinize the, their reports, their quarterly reports, and we make sure that they do their job. And if they don't do the job, we, we, are, we, do, we ask them questions and we go visit their, their premises to, you know, to see what's going on there. And that's how we that's how we perform our, our role. Right. Okay. So that that is how some of the uh, oversight uh, role works, uh, and and that's how you you uh, deal with things. But of course, it's not you who's actually you know carrying out the things. Correct. Uh, it's actually the department. So so what happens if you have corrupt people in the departments uh, that then or, or competent people are not able to do what they're supposed to do? So the the mayor has a for, uh, the city has a forensic department. They investigate uh, all sorts of allegations of corruption. Uh, it's headed by General Shadrach Sibia, who used to be the head of the Hawks in Kharteng, and he's had quite a lot of uh, he's had a lot of success in arresting corrupt officials. Uh, if if we have if we see incompetent if we see incompetency. Again, as a committee, we we raise it uh, and we raise it with the the officials, and we bring it to the attention of of, of the mayor. End of the day, though, it's the uh, the mayor and the MMCs, the the members of the mayoral committee, who are who have to take action against these these officials. So, so that is actually so it's actually the MMC and the mayor. But do they have to get the sign off on council? You said that everyone has to vote in other words to get rid of a, a corrupt official. It, it depends on the level of seniority of of the official. If it's a if it's your average employee, then it's the city that uh, we, we doesn't have to have council approval. Okay, the city gets can get rid of of that person. But I mean, often the city is faced by delays with the the trade unions. You know, the South African Municipal Workers Union. You know, there it's the delays are notorious for in disciplinary inquiries, uh, but the, the senior employees, the senior managers, that that the the dismissal of, the, of those employees need council approval. Right. Okay. So that is uh, how the system there works. Someone's saying, please don't blame the previous government for the broken robots. They are gone for twenty years. Uh, uh, thank you for whatsapping that in. I think I think what if I don't speak for you, Josh, but. Um, but he's, uh, uh, I, th- I think he's referring to, to the, the previous government of, of the I Johannesburg. See. Yeah. I okay. See. So, uh, yeah, but uh, I kind of feel like there must be a way to get robots working, uh, 
uh, more efficiently because it is uh, obviously a crucial problem that people get very, very uh, upset about. Uh, Josh, a, a lot of people also like want to be able to be active. Uh, there's the ward committees and uh, people want to report things. How, how does that actually work? How can people be involved if they want to improve the city? So there's one aspect that I'd like to touch on, which I think is the easiest thing that people can get involved with is the Ari Sebet Singh project. Mm-hmm. It's every – well, obviously, if it's on a Saturday, you know, we as, we as a Jewish community find it, will find it difficult to get involved. But I actually think that in this area they actually do Sunday. it on a Sunday, That's right? That's correct. That's yeah. correct. So every third Sunday – uh, there's the Arisabit Singh, which is basically uh, an initiative from the mayor to get residents of the city out and help clean out their uh, their various areas. Because in the end of the day, we cannot rely exclusively on pick it up to to ensure you know that everything is spotless. So, has there been a big uptake in uh, in your in, in in your engagement on this? De- definitely, uh, there's been a lot of there's also been a lot of buy-in from. Uh, from big big uh, business from uh, for this project big corporates getting involved and it has been it has been a success and and then from there are are you able to um uh you know also get involved in other stuff yeah a lot of people like to report things when they see things how difficult is that to do is it worthwhile contacting your local councillor uh, what is the process for people if they see something wrong uh you know what can they actually do about it so the first the first part of course that's they they can take it up with the department itself. For example, if there's a, a water leakage, you can take it up with Joburg Water, or there's something to do with electricity. That's City Power. Mm-hmm. City Parks deals with uh, grass cutting and and that aspect. Uh, if if that's and you normally get a reference billing also is also an issue, uh, and, and you would get a reference number. And if that if the city doesn't uh, rectify that. Then you would get your councillor involved to put pressure on the city to fix the problem, whatever it may be. All right, uh, yeah, Josh Apfel, uh, he is from uh, the is the councillor for Berea and uh, uh, and uh, Berea and Yeovil. not in Yeovil, not Hilbra. Uh, we made that mistake. Earlier. We're going to take a short break, and we'll come back. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more to Josh. Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 High FM. Uh, 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and uh, you are listening to the Newbury Review. We have been talking to uh, Councillor Joshua Apfel. Uh, about about the city, Josh. I see that uh, peop- uh, positions for the for the uh, parliament and for the for the province have opened up. Do you, are you are you going to be making a run for one of those? No, uh, I'm not. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, you, you're sticking to the city and, and helping out there. Okay. Uh, have you, have you, you said that there's a big branch where you where you operate from a branch. I mean, do you find uh, that people are excited? What what kind of things do branches do? Uh, you know, in in in, in areas. Because I don't know if people really know how these sort of party politics work. So, how does a branch work? So the branch is is the is the DA. Uh, part of of the of the area, uh, responsible for raising awareness uh, about the DA and its policies uh, in in the particular branch area. Uh, it obviously consists of people that live in that particular neighbourhood, mm-hmm. 
and also to highlight various various issues and get uh, activists involved in the DA. Now, obviously, your area there are a lot of foreign nationals who live in in, in, in that area and they can't vote. But do they get involved w- with assisting the party? Not really. So most of your branch is, is local people. Local, local, local people. Okay, so that's uh, that's very interesting. Uh, we are seeing a lot of r- race-related stuff in the media at the moment. Does that affect the branches and the people who are doing the work? Not the DA. I mean, we as the DA stand for you know diverse uh, diversity. We're we're the party for all for all for all South Africans, regardless of of color. Mm-hmm. So. When, especially me, when when I go to Yeovil and I interact with my branch, there's there's nothing about you know being being white and uh, and wearing the, a yamulka and no nothing nothing nothing. So people people don't have any problems. And, and if people want to uh, you know join the DA, if they want to get get hold of the city, if they want to you know do some stuff, what is the best way? You know, do there's a number they can call or a website they can look at? So I mean, they can go on the website. Uh, the and they can contact the the head office in in Johannesburg and can sign up as a member. Okay, so that, that and that's if you want to join the the DA. What about the helpline number for the city? Is that still a thing? Can people still phone that? Does it yes. affect it? Yes, if that's again if they have any service delivery issues that they need to address with the city. Okay. Well, there you go, Josh Apfel, uh Thank you so much for joining us on one hundred one point nine Good luck with uh, the rest of your work. Thanks, Benji. Thank you for having me. Right, there we go. So hopefully we learned a little bit more about uh, being in the city uh, today and uh, finding out what is going on. You know, we do live in the city, so you might as well be uh, informed about what it is uh, doing to make uh, make life better. Um, so yeah, moving on to a couple of other points that uh, we've been we've been looking at over uh, over the last while. And uh, I wanted to I wanted to bring them to your attention. This is a great video going viral at the moment uh, online called uh, about IDF soldiers singing Persian love songs. Persian love songs. Why would this be happening? Um, is there suddenly a new thing we should know about? So it turns out that uh, the reason that this thing has gone viral and uh, what it's all about is that there were 50 trainees in in, in the intelligence corps uh, which uh, were doing their graduation ceremony re- recently. And uh, one of the parents was obviously very excited because, you know, everyone gets excited when their little, little child is graduating from the army. And and part of the intelligence training is that they obviously have to learn Persian because they have to deal with Iran, and so they sang an, a Persian a Persian love song, which uh, which he then posted to Twitter and was immediately made to take down, but not before it got completely out of control and people were sharing it uh, everywhere. Uh, and it shows fifty trainees in an intelligence call uh, singing this this Persian love song, and apparently it's being big. Uh, on social media in 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 Iran, uh, with Iranian Twitter sort of tweeting it uh, tweeting it out, uh, and some of them saying that they really hope that it does in fact uh, lead to peace, uh, and others saying that it shows how well that uh, that that Israel is training its intelligence units. So uh, uh, apparently, the IDF spokesman says the film was was filmed at a private ceremony, and one of the parents attended the ceremony and posted the video and, and was asked to remove it. Uh, and then the Iranians got hold of it. This, of course, comes in the wake of Israel stealing 
uh, all of those intelligence files from Tehran, uh, which Netanyahu made public. So that uh, I think is quite an interesting, uh, interesting story, and uh, something which, uh, which um, you know we we can look at uh, hopefully to the future. And if you're learning somebody else's language, uh, it's a great way of uh, of of doing. Uh, of, of just connecting, even if it is for intelligence purposes. Uh, I think we're going to take a, a, a song now. Uh, let's let's get a bit of music in here and uh, listen to something nice and uh, chilled. And you know, if it is a Monday morning after all, so how about some Ed Hood Banai? A frequency like no other. One hundred one point nine High FM. Benji Shulman here on the new Blue Review. Hope you're doing well on this Monday morning. And I know lots of people have been traveling to Israel for the 70th year. Lots of excitement around that. But someone who perhaps hadn't been there before uh, is uh, someone who you might quite find quite surprising. Uh, it's uh, interesting. He is a Chinese guy. And uh, China looking more and more at Israel, which is very interesting. And he is the CEO and founder of Alibaba. Uh, and Alibaba is like a massive uh, sort of search engine, Google, Amazon type company. Very, very large. Uh, and Jack Ma is uh, very well known ar- around the world for his views on business and uh, economy and, and trade and all this kind of thing. And he did recently did a talk at the Tel Aviv University, uh, where I gather that he was getting some sort of honor. And he uh, made a, a fascinating discussion. You can go and have a look on YouTube and listen to the whole talk. But he actually talks about uh, about the Alibaba and some of the, the problems that it had and the struggles that it had uh, early on to, to be relevant and effective. And he sort of likened it to Israel and said, you know, uh, they didn't have any resources like we didn't have any resources. And, and they were both able to uh, eventually be successful. So it was quite a, a sweet speech. Uh, more importantly, he says that Israel is one of the, the three important countries for the Chinese e-commerce giant. And he's currently on his first trip uh, to Israel where he said that there's a lot of room to invest in the country and said that there's a lot of local uh, talent. He took 40 Alibaba Executives. Uh, I don't know if, if I should be making jokes about Jack Ma, uh, Alibaba, and the 40 Thieves, but I won't. I'll just say that they're uh, 40 Alibaba executives. And they've been staying up late at night looking for opportunities. Apparently, they are already invested uh, in a number of actual companies, a QR code startup called Visual Lead, uh, which he acquired, uh, as well as a startup Infinity, which is an e-commerce search engine, as, and, and something called Twiggle, which is an augmented uh, reality company, as another one called Loomis. So, and that's just some of them. So, it's already been clearly going on a bit of a, a, a buying spree. Uh, last year, of course, Alibaba announced plans to set up offices in Tel Aviv itself as part of a $15 billion global research and development plan. So uh, as part of his visit, he's also going to be uh, talking to Jerusalem Venture Partners, uh, which is a a very interesting uh, organization, which is, I think, a little bit connected to the Our Crowd group, who you may have heard of before. Uh, And Alibaba actually became a partner of that in 2015. He's also going to be meeting with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, and uh, uh, and investors and entrepreneurs. 
Uh, and interestingly, when after he did his talk at Tel Aviv University, he actually they gave him an honorary doctorate. So that is uh, very very nice and uh, quite interesting to see where the Chinese megalith uh, is going. Uh, and uh, perhaps our own country could take a, a few leads, given that we're in the BRICS, uh, and that's also where the Chinese are going. Anyway, that brings us pretty much to the end of the show for today. Have a look out in the next week. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of extra activities uh, around the Israel front. We have, have the embassy move. There's lots of ratcheting up uh, on the Iranian side of things. I think the Palestinian issue uh, going to be coming up in terms of Gaza quite a lot more. Uh, I'm seeing posts about racism and, and issues uh, accusing of things in Israel. So uh, look out for that. It's going to be a bit of a tough week ahead. Uh, but don't worry about it. Whatever happens, we'll be bringing to you all the news and analysis, as we always do on the New Blue Review. Uh, and uh, we're looking we're looking forward to it. So thank you to everyone. Thank you to uh, Craig, pushes all the big red buttons. Mandy on the production side. Vusi helps us uh, with post-doc, or post-production, rather, not doc. Uh, and uh, thank you to listening to you, the listeners. And we'll chat to you next week on the New Blue Review.